I'm reading portions of Genesis 46 and 47 this morning. Joseph had his chariot made ready and went to Goshen to meet his father, Israel. As soon as Joseph appeared before him, he threw his arms around his father and wept for a long time. Israel said to Joseph, Now I am ready to die, since I have seen for myself that you are still alive. Joseph went and told Pharaoh, My father and brothers with their flocks and herds and everything they own have come from the land of Canaan and are now in Goshen. He chose five of his brothers and presented them before Pharaoh. Pharaoh asked the brothers, What is your occupation? Your servants are shepherds, they replied to Pharaoh, just as our fathers were. They also said to him, We have come to live here a while because the famine is severe in Canaan and your servants' flocks have no pasture. So now, please let your servants settle in Goshen. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Your father and your brothers have come to you, and the land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best part of the land. Let them live in Goshen. And if you know of any among them with special ability, put them in charge of my own livestock. Then Joseph brought his father Jacob in and presented him before Pharaoh. After Jacob blessed Pharaoh, Pharaoh asked him, How old are you? And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The years of my pilgrimage are a hundred and thirty. My years have been few and difficult, and they do not equal the years of the pilgrimage of my father's. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from his presence. So Joseph settled his father and his brothers in Egypt and gave them property in the best part of the land, the district of Ramses, as Pharaoh directed. Joseph also provided his father and his brothers and all his father's household with food, according to the number of their children. Well, good morning. I recently uh, watched uh, the Bourne Identity, the Jason Bourne series, and I love that series. It's just fun and action-packed and full of adventure and, and just raw kind of guy stuff, too, I like about it. And the, one of the, in the first movie, one of the scenes is uh, Jason Bourne is lying on a, a bench, a park bench, and uh, these police officers come up to him, and they want him to get off the bench, and then they start to harass him and ask for papers, and, and all of a sudden he starts speaking to them in German, and then they start to harass him some more. Next thing you know, he's taken their guns, and he's, he's uh, punched both of them, and they're, they're out on the ground. And then he runs off into the distance. You realize at that point, he has no idea of the power that he has. He has no idea of, of who he is. He doesn't know who he is. And he doesn't realize what he's capable of doing. He has no concept of, of what his purpose is in this life. He's just floating around. One of the things I want us to think about this morning, and the question I want us to wrestle with, is do you know who you are? And do you know what your purpose is in this life? Do you realize, as followers of Jesus Christ, that you are ambassadors of Christ, do you realize that you are ministers of reconciliation to bring people to know who Jesus is? Do you realize that you are aliens passing through, your visitors here as followers of Jesus Christ? Do you realize that your citizenship 
as one who has given their life to Christ, our citizenship is heaven. Do you know that about yourself? Do you realize that you are salt and light? You're not becoming salt and light. You are to bring the light of Christ into this world. God is reminding his people of who they are in Genesis 46, starting in verse 8 through 25, this whole list of names. And I'm going to let you just enjoy that in your own private devotional this week. So you go through that. But the general idea is this. This is God's people. These are the ones who will establish and become Israel. This is who they are, name by name, the leaders of the tribes. And God is placing incredible value on that. Don't you love that God knows our name? He knows us to the core. He knows who we are. He knows what we're becoming. And he walks with us in this journey. But he knows our name. And he's reminding the people of Israel as he's laying out their heritage, who you are and who you're meant to be. That through you the Savior would come, through Judah and then Perez, that the line of Messiah would continue. And that as the people of God, that their life was meant to be a blessing. Let me remind you of Genesis 12 and who the people of God are meant to be. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. That God would be revealed through Israel and the people of God. The thing that's wonderful as we begin this journey to Egypt is that we see all of the people of Israel go together. They all leave the land together. That's the unity of God. They were quarrelsome often. They often separated out. But as they obey the Lord, they go together to the land of Egypt. At this time, there is but 70. And as the people of Israel, they won't come back to the land of Canaan for another 430 years the nation of Israel led out of Egypt and they will be at that time over 2 million people to reflect and reveal who God is, to be a blessing to everyone that they were to come in contact with. As I read this story, I ask myself the question, what, what does it mean to live a life that will be a blessing? What does that even look like? I think to be a blessing is that we are bestowing upon people the spiritual life of Christ, that we are bringing all that He is to the table, that we are allowing God to, to use our lives to bring forth hope, to bring forth truth from His Word, to bring forth all that He is and the Savior, Messiah, that they would know. We bless people as we bestow spiritual life upon their lives. And we allow God to minister His love and truth through us. I hope you asked yourself that question in this spiritual journey of yours. Lord, how do you want my life to be used? 
Show me how I can be a blessing, how I can bring spiritual life into those around me. Do you ever pray that prayer? I hope you do. Lord, show me. I know you want my life to impact others. I'm not here just to show up on Sunday mornings and hear some funny guy talk at me. This isn't what it's about. It's about living out your life through me. God, show me how to be a blessing. If you don't pray that way, would you please allow the Spirit to move you that His life would be poured out through years? I want to be a blessing. I believe the way that that we become a blessing in those lives that we contact and in the world as we walk our daily journey is that we first recognize where all life and blessing come from. That we recognize that everything that we have and who we are and our salvation and every blessing in our life comes from the giver of all blessing, the Lord Jesus Christ. That we must come to a place of, of understanding and realizing that it is the Lord God, our Maker. And when we do that, it brings us to a place of humble worship. Jackson talked to us last week about the beginning of this journey. Jacob had learned that his son is alive. After 22 years, he thought he had been dead. But his son is alive. And can you imagine if that was you? You would be right away on a plane, in the car, however you could get to see your son quickly. But what does Jacob do in the beginning of 46? He stops at Beersheba and he worships there. He recognizes this blessing that God has given me. And it's all from you, God. And you are worthy of my life. You are worthy of my praise. And I will worship you here because you have your hand upon my life. I love how the scriptures word it in chapter 46. It says that Jacob left with all that he had, and then he made sacrifice unto the Lord. That wording to me, I think it went something like this. I left with all that I have, and as I make sacrifice to you, God, here is everything that I have. Everything that I am belongs to you, God. May I live a life of obedience to you. May I live a life of acknowledging you. May I live a life full of your power, not my own. Lord, thank you that you've redeemed me, all that he had, and he makes sacrifice unto the Lord. He's holding on to the promises of God, that God says, I'm going to make you a great people. I'm going to make you people that are blessing you. Your numbers are going to be more than the grains of sand, that I will be with you. He's holding on to the promises of God. And you can only imagine, as he's so excited to see Joseph, that he comes with a thankful spirit as he offers sacrifice. I hope that we're becoming a people who are thankful to our Lord. Make your requests known unto the Lord with thanksgiving, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Don't forget the with thanksgiving part. We're thankful because God has given us everything, life. We're thankful as Christians because he saved us and he has redeemed us and he has given us his life 
and he has given us the Holy Spirit, and he walks with us through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are thankful. In order to be a blessing, we must be in a place of worship before the one who gives all blessing. Jacob so much is following God and living for the Lord. And like Jackson mentioned last week, not only did he offer sacrifice, but then he rose up and he went in obedience, didn't he? I will follow you, Lord, and I will go in obedience. He is so much in obedience to God. The Scriptures say in verse 28 of chapter 46, He is obedient to God to the point He even asked for directions to Goshen as a man. He says, I need directions because I want to follow God in obedience. This was unheard of in ancient culture. Show me the way to Goshen. I want to follow God. And I guess even real men ask for directions when they want to obey the living God. We've got to ask for directions sometimes, don't we? Actually, often. Lord, show me the way. Show me the way that I might follow you and what you're doing. He obeys God and he goes and he lives in. And then he receives beautiful blessing from God in the reunion with his lost son, Joseph, after 21 years. And he says in verse 29, now I'm, I'm ready to die. Since I've seen for myself that you are still alive. Basically saying, my life is full. It is complete. God, you've given me everything. And you've made my joy abundant. I, I can die now. I can go home. Thank you, God. And they wept together. God's blessing. Not only upon Jacob. Do you understand how Joseph longed to be with his father? He was always asking, wasn't he? What about, my, what about the father of these children? Is he still alive? What about the father? He loved his father. And God blessed Jacob and Joseph in that reunion as they wept and wept and wept. That's God's blessing. Do you recognize his hand in your life that we might receive and then come to a place of worship? And at the end of his life, Jacob, in chapter 47, at the end of his life, he ends up worshiping God. He starts to see the bigger picture. It says, Now the Israelites settled in Egypt in the region of Goshen, and they acquired property there and were fruitful and increased greatly in number. That's a God thing right there. God increased them greatly. And Jacob lived in Egypt 17 years, And the years of his life were 147. And when the time drew near for Israel to die, he called to his son Joseph, and he said to him, If I have found favor in your eyes, put your hand under my thigh and promise that you will show me kindness and faithfulness. Do not bury me in Egypt. But when I rest with my fathers, carry me out of Egypt and bury me where they are buried. And Joseph said, I will do this. Swear to me, he said. And Joseph swore to him, and Israel worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff or kneeled at the head of his bed, is another translation. He wanted his son to take his body out of Egypt and back to the land where the fathers were. 
because he was living in the promise and he saw a bigger picture of all that was going on. I think sometimes this is where we struggle. We miss the bigger picture. We, we get stuck in, I'm Rod Ritchie and this is my little center of the world and here's my Christian journey and it's all about me and I need to you know, mature and that's good and I'm going to have my devotional and I'm going to grow up. Why God's doing this work all around the world for the kingdom of God and the whole body of Christ... And he is constantly, day in and day out, working on men and women's hearts to save them. And we think the spiritual journey is just about us and what's happening with Cole Community Church and today. Ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of the bigger picture and the kingdom work of God that as a corporate body of Christ, we are meant to be a spiritual blessing. There's so much more that is going on. And thank you, Lord, that I get to be some part of this. And trust me, you get to be some part of it. Do you understand that? Your your life is meant to be a blessing. Your life is meant to be an aroma that will draw people into the love of Christ. Your life is meant to reveal the light of God. But you're part of the bigger picture. Jacob realizes it. Listen, the promise isn't here in Egypt. The promise is in Canaan. I need to get back there. Take my body there. Promise me, because I live in the hope of God and what he's doing. And that he's going to make this people a great nation that will be a blessing to the whole world. And it's going to happen as we enter into the promised land. I don't know when that will be, but it's not going to be me. But God's doing a work. I want to be there where the fathers are buried. You'll be a blessing to others as you recognize and obey the giver of all blessing. You'll be a blessing when you come into worship with a thankful heart to your God. As followers of Jesus Christ, you will be a blessing as you remain, John 15, in the vine. Do you remember the promises of John 15? I and you, you and me. If you remain in the vine, what's the promise of that? You will bear much fruit. Not hopefully you'll bear some fruit. You will bear fruit. And and that fruit is spiritual life. It's like Galatians chapter 5, 22. It's, It's patience and peace and joy. You're bearing spiritual fruit. And it's not only to grow you up in Christ, but guess what? When you bear beautiful spiritual fruit. Everybody you come in contact is going, I want a taste of that. Do you understand? That's blessing. Can, can I have some of that? You want to be a blessing? We remain in the vine and we worship the living God who gives us all blessing. And we live out his life through us. God blessed Jacob and Joseph and in this next scene we're going to see that God uses Jacob's life to be a blessing. In 47, verse 7, he is brought into the courts of Pharaoh. And it says, as he's brought before him, Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And verse 10, Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from his presence. You know, you read the scene and you're like, oh, that's cool, he went before Pharaoh. 
This scene is huge. You got to understand, this is Pharaoh. This is the man. There is no more powerful man in the whole world at that time. There is no more powerful country than Egypt in the world at that time. He is the men of men. And Jacob will come into his presence and bless him. He's going to walk into the court of Pharaoh with all of this gold. You find it, the gold chairs, and they had alabaster cups, and they had hundreds of attendants and servants. This is Pharaoh that you're coming in. This is the first encounter with the people of Israel and Pharaoh. That's where we get that song, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go to Goshen, that first song that didn't take on very well. Then it became Moses' song. We want to go to Goshen, Pharaoh, Pharaoh. And he went before them, and he blessed them. And you go, wait a second. This is this old sojourner coming before the most powerful man in the world. He is, Pharaoh is, the embodiment of the great sun god, Ra. And you would expect if there's any favor to be bestowed on everybody, it would come from Pharaoh. But that's not the scene at all. This old man, this one who is traveling through, and he makes it very clear who he is. I'm a traveler. I'm a sojourner. And he blesses him twice. What does Jacob have to offer the man? Well, I believe he has everything to offer him. Just like you and I do. We have the living love of God to change lives, to have salvation. We have that to offer. We have hope to offer. What do we have, us old passing through sojourners? We have life to offer. You know, some have said in this encounter that the blessings were just a hello and a goodbye. You got to be kidding. A hello and a goodbye? That just mocks and throws in the face of the Hebrews how they valued words, how they valued everything that they spoke forth. Everything was taken into account and especially how they valued blessing. And especially a significant moment like this. You are ushered into the presence of Pharaoh. Hey, how's it going, Pharaoh? Good to see you. Thanks for having us. No way. He blessed him. He brought the life of God into the picture. He came before Pharaoh. And we don't have the words. But I can only imagine words that offered God's hand upon Pharaoh. Lord, God, bless this man, Pharaoh. Thank you for his kindness that he has shown for the people of Israel. Give him blessing in that. Show your favor upon him. Oh, blessings of Abraham and Isaac. You are our God. Bestow this upon this man. And I really believe that Jacob was expectant of God to bless Pharaoh. Do you live in holy expectancy that way? Do you live in holy expectancy that God is actually working in the hearts of men and women? 
Do you, do you live with anticipation that he is changing lives? When you, when you come into people's lives and you touch them with blessing, are you really believing that God's going to do something in their lives? God is at work. Whether you want to believe it or not, he is. And he doesn't stop. God is always pouring out his love. God is always revealing himself. He desires to use you and me in that. To have holy expectancy. God, you are doing something here. Anticipate God to do a great work. Don't be intimidated to bring to the table the love of God, even before powerful people. You know, sometimes we get starstruck. You ever been that way? You ever come into the presence of someone famous, someone powerful, and you don't quite know what to say? I used to work at a restaurant in Santa Barbara when I went to college at Westmont. It was called Tutti's. It's this Italian joint, and it was really cool. And at the time, in the 80s, lots of famous people lived in Montecito, California. They still do to this day. And so they would come into this restaurant fairly often. And every time, I would be starstruck. I mean, what do you say to these people? I was, I was waiting. I was also a, I made up cappuccinos. I was a barista. We kind of do different jobs there. And so Kenny Loggins lived in Montecito. Kenny Loggins comes in, you know, and great, great musician. And Hey, how are you doing today? Flying in the danger zone, Kenny. That's what I am. <laughs> Gives you that look like, what, stupid kid? You know, you... <laughs> Steven Seagal, the karate guy, comes in. He's all, hey, make me a cappuccino. I'm all, you want some of me, Steven Seagal? Come on. <laughs> No, but there's all these people, these stars and these models and Karch Corral, these famous athletes, and, and, and I would never know what to say to them. You know, they, they try to do conversations, you'd be like, ah. If there was any place to be starstruck, it would be before Pharaoh, wouldn't it? You got all the glitz and glamour and the gold and everything in front of you. He wasn't afraid to bring to the table the life of God and to be a blessing. Maybe you're intimidated by your boss or some people at work. Maybe you're intimidated by some family. Don't be afraid to bring blessing. Be concerned more about their spiritual lives than about what they might do to you. He showed up and two times brings the life of God into the picture. He spent time with the most powerful man in the world. You know, it'll be cool in heaven to see what happened to this Pharaoh. What happened to these Egyptians who were blessed by not only Jacob but by Joseph? It'll be just fun to see in heaven who's there. This Pharaoh encountered the living God through Jacob and Joseph. Allowing God to be a blessing through us, using us for that. Pharaoh receives the blessing, asks how old he is, realizes this is a man who's walked a long journey, a sojourner passing through, that his kingdom is not here. And this old sojourner brings the blessing. What do we have to bring? What do we have to, to bring to this table? Scripture say in Corinthians 4, 7, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness. He made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the face of Christ. 
And then he goes on to remind us of who we are and what we're all about. But we, you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have this treasure, the light of the world. In jars of clay, these broken bodies of ours, they ache for our heavenly bodies. We have this in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power, this life, is from God and not from us. What do we have to bring to the table? The light of the world. We bless others as we, as we receive blessing from God and worship Him, and then it pours out. The fruit is just abundant. Will you allow God to use your life to be a blessing? Truly. I don't know why we're so resistant sometimes. Will you allow God to use your life to be a blessing? You are meant to be that. To bring spiritual life into all you come into contact with. How are we to live? We're to live as sojourners who have a blessing. We are to live as sojourners who have hope and life. We're to live as sojourners who are part of the bigger picture of all of God's kingdom work. We're to live as people of faith, like Hebrews 11 says. These people, these ancient saints of ours that we look to, they were still living in faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them, and they welcomed them from a distance. They were just part of the plan. And they admitted that they were aliens, and they were strangers on the earth. And people who say such things show that they're looking for a country of their own. And if they had been thinking of a country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. But instead, they were longing for a better country. They were longing for a heavenly one. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. And so he has for us. I hope you think about heaven sometimes. That's our hope. We long for and we look forward to the city of God where we dwell in eternity with Him. Heaven. Life with God forever. That's the hope we bring. That's the blessing we bring as sojourners. Yeah, this world brings a lot of mess, but I'm from another city. Are you allowing God to use your life to be a blessing? Joseph brought a blessing as one who lived his life in obedience to God. And what Joseph brings to his family and what he brings to the people of Egypt truly is salvation. He brings salvation through the power of God to these people. He was the number two guy in all of the land, in the most powerful country in the world. He was a man of influence. You know what? God may have given you a place of influence. You may be the president of your company. You may be a manager over. You may have lots of power where you're at. That's by no mistake as followers of Jesus Christ. And I have no doubt that God wants you to use your influence in a way that will impact this world. For his kingdom, 
He wants you to use your life in your place of position to, to minister to those that work for you, to, to show kindness when most of the world doesn't, to bring forth hope and truth even in the middle of the work environment. Yeah, I know you can't proselytize at work, but you can bring life and blessing. And God wants you to use your position, I have no doubt, to influence those in your presence. It's by no accident that you are where you're at. And if you forgot to thank God, thank you, God, that I'm in a position of influence, then get on your knees today and thank God. And say, God, how do you want me to use, how do you want to use me here? It's not just to get the big paycheck, I'll tell you that. How do you want to use me here? Joseph used his influence to, to bring his family before the, co- the, the court of Pharaoh to bring them into a place where they were able to receive this land of Goshen. That Israel was to be a people set apart. Joseph is a blessing to his brothers when he doesn't have them come in and, and, and say, well, you know, what kind of jobs do you got here in Egypt? What does he say? He says, you're going to tell them you're shepherds, and that's what you're going to do. You know what the blessing is? The blessing is, I know you guys can't handle Egypt right now. I'm covering your life right now. You need to be a people set apart. You were drawn and sucked into Canaan like you wouldn't believe, and everything about Canaan and the culture you were drawn into, you can't handle Egypt. Tell them you're shepherds, and we'll get you in a land set apart where God will start to develop you as the nation of Israel. And then don't you love it in the scriptures? He presents them before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says, I want you to not only give them the land, but give them the best land that there is. The very best I want them to have. Give them everything. Give them all the abundance. And if you've got some guys who could take care of my sheep and stuff, that would be great. Do you you think for a second that God doesn't love to to bless us that way? Like any father who who just takes great joy in, in providing wonderful things for their children? I've come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. That means in the full. I've come to give you life. And full life. And part of that is this beautiful blessing, just because he loves to, like I do as a dad to my boys. It's a joy for me. Not only, you know, am I going to give you this land, I'm going to give you the best stuff. That's who our God is. And so Joseph is a blessing to his family. And the scriptures say in verse 11 of 47, he provided his father and his brothers with all the household with food according to the number of their children. What do we have? We have the abundance of God. We have the bread of life. We have joy and we have hope. What do we have? And then look at the amazing contrast. In verse 13, all the food was provided for his family, the people of God. In verse 13 of 47, there was no food, however, in the whole region because the famine was severe. Both Egypt and Canaan wasted away because of the famine. This oil spill was pouring into the country and it was killing and wiping out life. There was spiritual death in this country of Egypt. And then Joseph 
who lives as a type of Christ, one who reflects how Christ lived, shows up. And in the middle of the famine, what happens? The people cried out, Give us food! And Joseph said, Bring me your livestock in exchange for food. So they did. And they said, We're still starving. So they sold their land for seed. And it was given to Pharaoh. And then eventually they said, Take our very lives. We will become servants. And Joseph said, Here is bread. Here is food. And then with this seed, what you grow, give 20% back to Pharaoh. In the middle of an incredible famine, he gives them bread. And what do the people say? How dare you, Joseph, impose this tax upon us? How dare you, Joseph, take our lives? Is that what they say? Are you kidding? No. This is the response to Joseph who is reflection of Christ. You have saved our lives. May we find favor in the eyes of our Lord. We will be in bondage to Pharaoh. Do you see? Joseph was a blessing to the people of Egypt. And just like Christ, who died on the cross for us and brings us bread of life, but what does he demand from us? Everything. Everything. You are no longer your own. You are bought with a price. That is the death of our Savior, Jesus Christ, on the cross for you and me. And that whoever should believe upon him should not perish but have life. And when we receive that, then we, with thanksgiving, become bondservants to our Savior, just like Paul proclaims proudly. What do we bring to people? We bring the offer of salvation. That is blessing. That is spiritual life. We recognize who our God is. With thanksgiving, we receive from Him. Then we come to a place of worship, and we come to a place where we reveal God, and then we come to a place where we recognize the need for people to have life. And this is how you have life, through Jesus Christ. It is I who no longer live, but Christ who lives through me, and I believe through me to be a blessing to those we encounter. And I pray that for us this morning. I pray that we would allow Christ to live through us, that we would bring spiritual life into everybody that we touch today and from this place on. And that let all of us, in the abundance of Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit, would we offer a sojourner's blessing. Let me pray. And that's the joy of life in Christ. And we get to see the results, the fruit of, of being blessings. I just want to encourage you, too, as, as we think as a family of God, to continue to, to bless those who are growing up in Christ. We have all these beautiful children. And truly, you're a blessing in their lives when you come alongside of them and reveal who God is. We have a great opportunity this summer with VBS to, to, to invite all these young friends that come to this church to, to get to experience, many for the very first time, the love of God.
Why don't you be a blessing in that and be part of that? Or to minister to our children on Sunday through the summer. Why don't you be a blessing and be part of that as the Holy Spirit moves you into that? That's the joy of living out the love of God. I can't wait to see what happens in VBS this year. Many lives are changed. And so go and talk to the folks in the back and and see how God might use you in that. You know, Jacob, at the end of his life, he offered a blessing that I thought was a much greater blessing than, than what we know of anyway before Pharaoh. And I offer this blessing to you. May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, May he bless these children, and may they be called by my names and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly upon the earth. I pray that for us, and I pray as you go from this place, would you truly, through the power of the Holy Spirit, offer a sojourner's blessing each and every one that God puts you in contact with. Amen. God bless you.